Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 15 of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss the current chapter, current news, and a chunk of old chapters every week. This week, we were, are, a little late because Thomas has been feeling a little under the weather, but that's okay because I'm here. Uh, by the way, my name is Jordan. And I'm Cozy Time Thomas. And we, I believe, are just going to start with chapter 1012. Yeah? Here we go. Right on. We've got a nice cover with Kid, even though I'm a known Kid hater. This is pretty fun. It's got birds, so I am uh, inclined to appreciate it. That's right. It's building a bird while getting nested by birds. About to have a worm in his hair, too. Lucky him. He's at 99% of something, so I'm happy for him. 99% 3D, so he's just shy of three-dimensional. Wow, that's got to be inconvenient. Indeed. His bird does look pretty dope, though. A little bit alarmed about what he might try to do with it. But, you know, we got to make do with the materials we got, just like Kid himself. Yeah, I mean, this is the 81st of these, I guess, so I would hope he had it pretty fine-tuned by now right uh let's jump right on into the chapter proper we're back on the connecting hallway from treasure repository two floor the castle three floor and that's a mouthful oda you had to have two full boxes for that one Izo mm-hmm. here running alongside kiku kiku is not all that impressed with the arm injury she's recently taken to her it is merely an itch that's also the title of the chapter so is that something more significant than I think it is, or is is it just kind of giving them the spotlight? Um, I think it's just meant to put the spotlight on them, I think. That's how I took it. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing something. I think the term itch was also mentioned a little bit later when uh, Yamato was about to run out of the room with Momonosuke. Oh, itching to fight. Indeed. So it might just be like a recurring theme in the chapter. That's true. I guess there's no need to do a deep dive on one word, huh? Even though we already have. No, uh, that was a mid-dive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mushi, you can see in the background down there, running alongside. Uh, who is that he's running alongside? I would assume that's Izo. I mean, just based off of the hair shape and the apparent dark cape yeah and the positioning of the bubbles like yeah. the yeah i think you're probably right about that uh kappa your boy kabamatsu discussing what's going to happen to wano if they do actually manage to open the country and uh izo's like we can discuss that if we're still alive <laughs> won't matter if we're all dead yeah kappa papa <laughs> he says i don't really know what he's like trying to talk about there like the country will open <laughs> like uh <laughs> I, isn't that sort of the whole point like don't they expect it to make the average person's life better yes i think he's mostly wondering like in the context of how the rest of the world will react to wando being open mm. Because if Wando is open, that means people can leave if they want to. It's still a hard task. But in theory, outsiders could also come, including, you know, the world government, who definitely want the secret knowledge that they're keeping there. Other pirates, perhaps, you know, won't necessarily make it a better place than it currently is, depending on the reaction of the rest of the world. That's true. Usually I'm the first to put down the world government, so I'm surprised I didn't think about that. Kinemon here, running along. He's like, yo, I will be the one to guard Momonosuke myself. I am plenty. The rest of you go forth and murder dudes. And they're all like, yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, it is. I mean, why not? (laughs) They've got work to do. Indeed. And it takes that job away from Sanji, opening him up to go do something cool later, I hope. So uh, that works out pretty well for me. Yeah, Sanji. Well, we'll get to Sanji in a minute. Indeed. Uh, Kiku vowing that she's going to be the one to take down Kanjiro for real this time. 
Tinamon appears to have an opinion about that, but uh, let's hurt the come on anyway. I, I don't know what he's thinking there. Maybe he just doesn't like. No, I can't imagine why he would be adverse to that. My only guess is that because Conjuro has been kind of playing possum for 20 years, pretty much, they don't really know the full extent of his capabilities, especially since he wasn't really killed the first time around. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Just might be worried for Kiku going in half-cocked, that's all. Yeah. All right, I accept that. Then we've got your boy Shishilian and my boy Beriete meeting up with Nekamamushi and Kappa Man. They reveal to him the uh, secret behind Pedro's death. Wasn't much of a secret, but Nekamamushi didn't know. And uh, Nekamamushi's like, all right, if the one who killed Pedro's here, I'm going to go mess him up. And he flies away. Literally flies. Mm-hmm. Look at him go. Pretty, pretty good stuff. So what do we think about that? Do you think Nekamamushi is going to snipe this KO away from Carrot and Wanda? I could see all three of them doing it. Ariette said that they like, basically weren't at their peak performance because they were getting angry. I could see Nekamamushi showing up, rallying them, and then all three taking down Parasparo. I think that would be, like, narratively very good for everyone, you know? Uh, I agree. I don't think that does wonders for Carrot's odds of joining the crew having to get an assist from Nekamamushi in that way. But I do like that idea. I think that's the most likely option as of now. Yeah, it's fine by me if Carrot doesn't join the crew. I like Carrot, but like, if that's not the plan, that's not the plan. Indeed. I'm strictly Carrot neutral when it comes to the straw hat question. That's a very good way to put it. (laughs) Very much so. Uh, Then we're back in the first floor crawl space. As you can see, it's right in between floors one and two on Oda's trusty map here. I appreciate his X marks the spot. I like the explosion next to the X mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that from where Big Mom blasted him? Was that on floors three slash two? Uh, is that what's going on there? Could be. There's been a lot of blasting lately, if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. It's been a, a whole mess on all five floors. Yeah. It's something <laughs> important, and I'm glad it's noted. Just kind of wish I knew what it was. Agreed. Yamato firmly believes uh, Shinobu and Momonosuke to be safe for the moment, and because they're assuming that the enemy is going to assume that they're all still together, Yamato is going to go forth at as a decoy and lure away the enemy with uh, his very trusty <laughs> Momonosuke twin doll. I love this moment. It is just <laughs> adorable. The combination of how terrible the Momonosuke doll actually is and how proud Yamato is of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Combined with the like itch kanji oh, yeah. floating around. Yeah. Like, Yamato and Luffy are such kindred spirits in that they just want to go fight something. And it really shows here. Indeed. Momo's and Shinobu's reactions, even though we see the back of their heads, still very good. Quite so. Like I said, Yamato's rushing off, but before he goes, he's like, Hey, uh, let's do a quick Luffy check-in, Momo. What's going on up there? He's like, Well, everyone appears to have ditched Luffy. The one-on-one match now, to which Yamato responds, one-on-one, I have to hurry. So do we think that means that uh, Yamato's going up to the roof to help Luffy? Most likely. They seem to have some sort of plan or inside knowledge here. And, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that they are headed that direction. What they're going to do, no idea. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that Yamato's pretty buff, mm-hmm. presumably has some sort of devil fruit power based off the tooth situation from like 10 chapters ago, but still don't know the extent of their abilities. So uh, similar to Zoro, I see no better opportunity to show where they top out than versus the buffest guy, you know? 
And also from a narrative standpoint, uh, Yamato versus his father would be very satisfying, no doubt, after all the the bad business yeah. Yamato has been put through over the That's years. That's true. Uh, while Yamato's off doing that, though, Momonosuke and Shinobu, by peeking, uh, gonna look through Odin's journal and get some tasty knowledge about the One Piece and such. Yeah, Momo's just making himself even more and more vital to the plot. Quite so. You know, I had a thought about, like, what Momonosuke's contribution to this battle is going to be. Oh, yeah? I don't really know how we're going to get from point A to point B of my idea. But you know how Kaido is using his flame clouds to lift the island. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And whether the intent is to drop the island or place it gently, a lot of people are going to die because, you know, people live down there. And if Kaido is taken out by Luffy and Yamato or whoever... While the island is still floating, odds are that's going to cancel out the power and it's still going to fall. But there's a little boy here who has a power very similar to Kaido's, almost identical in fact, mm-hmm. who with a, a whole lot of boosts <laughs> that I'm not sure he, how he's going to get as of now, could in theory muster up the strength to put down the island gently, catch it with his clouds and put it down somewhere safe or something. Maybe Momo eats a rumble ball and then he suddenly has everything unlocked and he can do everything Kaido can. But only for three minutes. That's enough to set down an island, probably. Yeah. I hadn't considered the rumble ball, but I actually do really like that idea now. It kind of makes sense. A good old Momonosuke chopper team-up. Give two characters who have done almost nothing. Uh, Chopper's done stuff recently, but Momo... You know, he's been being saved the entire arc. Uh, Have them do something really important right at the end. I like that idea a whole lot. I could totally see Usopp firing the rumble ball at Momo as well, just to get another person involved. Yeah, there we go. If Usopp's not going to fight page one, then let him do some cool sniping stuff. This is my new headcanon, and I'm going to cry if it doesn't come true, Oda. So please don't do that. Yeah, I hope he listens to us and takes notes (laughs) on stuff that's probably already been written. No doubt he listens to this podcast and takes it as gospel. Uh, I believe that takes us into the following page, though. We're back with ya boy, Sanji, (laughs) carrying uh, the cross, mummy cross. (laughs) There he is. Yep, he's used to bearing the weight of the crew on his back, and now it's just a little bit more literal. <laughs> right. Uh, the gifters around him are all hyped up because he's carrying someone who might be Pirate Hunter Zoro. So he's a big bounty carrying another big bounty. So that's double jackpot as far as they're concerned. And it turns out they're right. It is Zoro. <laughs> I love that they just know that. They're just like, that. Mm-hmm. if it's anyone, it's going to be that guy Zoro. Sure would be dope if it were Roronoa Zoro in there, and then lo and behold. So uh, these, these three main gifters we see between Sanji's leg and one to the right. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a pig growing out of a guy's stomach? Like a warthog, yeah. A dude with like tall rabbit ears that are really thick it doesn't feel like rabbit ears to me i don't but they're so tall yeah and his face kind of looks rabbit-esque but it just they don't feel like rabbit ears to me the shape is wrong i agree but i really can't think of what else they might be but then there's my personal favorite dude who has dog or wolf growing out of the top of his head yeah backwards out to the sky <laughs> that's very good indeed i can't remember very many of the other uh terrible looking gifters we've seen but he is currently winning in my brain how would you sleep it would be so inconvenient indeed and if that pup is barking at two in the morning wanting to go outside that's very close <laughs> to your ears, so you don't have much of a choice in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I want to say about this page real quick, 
I'm a little upset that there's a chat bubble right in front of Sanji's flame leg. Like, yeah, I almost missed it the first time through because of that. Yeah, it's it's a cool thing that I don't think he's pulled out in a little bit, and it's covered up. Poor us, poor Sanji. Shame on you, Oda. How could you do this to us? Yeah. He still looks cool, but he could have been cooler. That's right. Uh, indeed, turns out thick mummy man is indeed Zoro. Sanji's real peeved about it. So it seems what happened a few dozen minutes ago. This is such a weird thing to me. Like, <laughs> here's one page of current time. Then we're going to jump back and we're going to be kind of vague about how much we jump back. Agreed, but I think the main takeaway here is that it's been at least 30-ish minutes since Luffy was dishing out those initial punches on Kaido on the roof. That's true. That's a very good point. So he's been fighting him solo for like half an hour by now. So uh, I would imagine that some key steps in the fight have already taken place that we'll pop back to later. Yeah, I had not considered that. Thank you for pointing that out. No problem, bud. It's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. uh, but a few dozen minutes prior, it seems that the crud that Law used his power to swap places with so they could teleport down here were a uh, rubble or something in the air. They appeared, fortunately, right over Sanji. Sanji, being a cool guy, catches the two of them. Uh, questions Zeus. Zeus dips. And... Uh, <laughs> Law being a real cool-looking guy. Yeah, an even cooler guy than Sanji. <laughs> I can't believe he's sitting on his shoulder like that. Like, he gets caught, and then he props himself up like a badass. It is so good. He's like a cat that's just, like, perched on someone's shoulder. Just feels natural there, you know? Yeah. Legs cross, feeling good, dishing out some exposition. He's got the cape underneath him to provide cushion. It's beautiful. Feeling cozy. Zoro's not looking quite as good. Uh, but Law dishes Zoro with Sanji, gives him some vague advice about how to fix him, even though Sanji doesn't really have any knowledge about any of that. And then he just dips to go fight Big Mom, from the sounds of it. Yeah, Law points out that he should probably keep Zoro conscious, which... Sanji fails to do almost immediately, but that's not really on him. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's kind of funny, but it's not good. Maybe. I think Zoro's going to be all right, but it is funny how one of Law's explicit instructions were keep him conscious, and he almost immediately falls asleep after being wrapped up like a mummy man. Yeah, I mean, I know Zoro's sleep is a little different from most people. Uh, he's... It's like an elf in D&D &D or something. He just enters a meditative uh, stance or whatever. I think it's especially neat that he falls asleep in this scene because in, I can't remember exactly how many episodes ago it was, but we find out in the Whiskey Peak arc that Zoro can only sleep cozy when he's around people he can trust. So the fact that he's being carried around by Sanji means that he knows that Sanji's going to keep him safe, despite their uh, heated rivalry they've had over the years. Well, it, the fact that they have a rivalry kind of means that Zoro can trust him. Like, Zoro knows that he's kind of top tier. Anyone that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him should deserve that respect. But you're right. It is nice to see this. Despite how much they fight, they can still put their faith in one another. Oh, yeah. Sanji even took the time to make sure that Zoro is wrapped. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing, but to be fair, if you want to make sure someone's yeah. not going to move and you don't know which bones are broken, that's not the worst idea. True. He was very, very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> like, on the following page where you can, like, see how much his head is wrapped. Mm -hmm. It's like three times the size that it needs to yeah. be. But... You have to imagine that he also did it a little bit to make him look silly, but just a tiny amount. Oh, no doubt. Zoro realizes in this moment that in order to become the world's most powerful swordsman, he must first become the world's most powerful sword man. <laughs> and that is exactly what he's done. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for Kinemon to come along and wield him. Mihawk's going to show up in this arc and be very confused <laughs> about the life choices Zoro has made since he left this island. Oh, boy. I would love to see that. Perhaps one day. Maybe this will be a... If, like, bounties go up after this arc, as I would imagine they would, this will be the photo <laughs> in his new wanted poster. Oh, wow. Him asleep in Mummy that would be That'd be pretty good. Or they'd, like, get a, a joint poster where it's like swordsman sanji and sword zoro <laughs> and it's on the same poster there you go very good in the meantime uh kawamatsu and izo have happened to wander into the area that sanji's in kawamatsu has informed sanji that there's no need to go after momonosuke anymore kinemon's tending to that business and zoro wakes up just long enough to make the suggestion that they go to the performance floor where the meat and potatoes of this fight is currently happening outside of the big mom and kaido business happening elsewhere yeah we're starting to gather a whole lot of people in that space indeed that means sanji and zoro and kawamatsu and izo are all heading to where uh marco queen and king are those are the three main guys well and chopper right and Chopper, but also a Drake and uh, Apu. Oh, yeah. They're also there having their mm-hmm, scuffle. Mm-hmm. A lot of heavy hitters down there. I'm sure Frankie will end up there soon. Maybe we'll see Jinbei at some point. Maybe. <laughs> Wouldn't count on it. I mean, going up against a Catman, he's already at an inherent disadvantage, so I'm sure he's already been eaten. But this does, this does a couple things. First of all, it takes Zoro to the spot where, like, probably two of the best doctors on the planet mm-hmm. are, with Chopper and Marco. If anyone can get him back up and operating uh, at some percentage of normal, it's got to be those two, especially with Marco's uh, regenerative flames. It also puts Sanji where uh, Queen and King are. So, uh, hopefully, he gets to tussle with those boys. Yeah, he still hasn't pulled out the raid suit, so... Mm-hmm. Use it a little bit to rescue Momonosuke mm-hmm. and tank a hit from King, but put it away after that. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to play all of your cards immediately. Fair enough. Then that takes us to Big Mom again, causing trouble. Page one is still firmly planted <laughs> in the floor like a plant. Mm-hmm. Uh... Perhaps his tail will grow out of it. We'll have to see how that goes. But he has not transformed back to normal. So presumably he is still conscious in some capacity. He's still in his dino form. Yeah, sucks for him, I guess. <laughs> Seems he's going to be there for a, a hot second. Yeah. Ulti, uh, pretty pissed off about this. To the point that she even takes her mask off for a second, I guess, in the following panel. Oh. What? Yeah. That's a whoopsie from Oda, I think. That sure does seem like an oopsie. She took her doily off. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good catch. That's the kind of thing that'll either be like brushed aside as a joke in an SBS, mm-hmm. or occasionally these things are corrected for the volume releases. So we'll have to see how that goes in a few months. I would imagine that gets expensive. Who knows? Uh, True, but... They've done that sort of thing before. It wouldn't surprise me terribly. Mm. Uh, Nami here, trying to play both sides. <laughs> trying to figure out which one might actually uh, help him out here. Neither side is interested. They all want to fight uh, each other, pretty much. Big Mom wants to fight Ulti and Nami. Ulti wants to fight Big Mom and Nami. So uh, Nami's just out of luck in both scenarios. Yeah, but you gotta appreciate the effort. This is Nami to a T. Just trying to push it a little further. <laughs> Indeed. Perhaps one day she will leave and succeed. Uh, but oh no, Komachio's getting tuckered out, making a very unpleasant face. Uh, even more unpleasant after he gets ulti mortared right in the side of the head. Big oof. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel great about what just happened there. Poor, poor Komachio. Yeah, ulti is 
uh, way faster than I thought she was. And, uh, yeah, I think she even, like, rubs it in. She's like, oh, did that break a few bones? Bummer. Oops, how did that happen? Maybe you shouldn't have been running away from me and causing a problem. Also, her horns would totally pierce the skin on a creature that big. Like, she's not hitting with just her forehead. Uh, no doubt. I think both of those things would hurt real bad. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's not just blunt force trauma. It is two probably sizable puncture wounds as well. Poor Komachio. Bludgeoned and stabbed. Look at his little paws up there, flailing in the air. Uh, I refuse to. It makes me too sad. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Tama would like Alti to stop. She gets clawed in the face, told to shut up. Both Big Mom and Nami are quite distressed by this. Big Mom was like, she's going in to crush Alti herself, but before she can, Kablamo. Nami gets a big old lightning blast off, seemingly setting up a for real proper fight, I hope, between these two. I don't know if Big Mom's just going to walk away apropos of nothing, but I would love to see this battle continue for sure. The only way I see Big Mom not getting involved here is if Kid and, I guess, Law swoop in and mm. cause enough problems for her that she has to break away from this fight in some capacity. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't see her willingly walking away from uh, the lady who just smacked her friend Tama in the face. So something's going to have to happen to kind of force her to. Um, so this does seem to quell some of my concerns that I ranted for about 10 minutes uh, <laughs> last episode about. I'm still going to reserve judgment until these fights actually happen. We've seen a lot of setups that haven't gone anywhere yet. But uh, uh, this, this gives me a little bit of hope. Not for Usopp, but at least Nami's getting something. Yeah, Usopp will he'll end up with some support role, I'm sure. Well, if page one isn't really down, like it doesn't seem like he is, mm. and Big Mom, like I said, has to go deal with Kid and Law or whatever, uh, that does leave page one as still a problem, and Usopp's really the only one left that can uh, do something about that if Nami's occupied and Big Mom leaves. I just don't see what Usopp could actually do to him. Like, Usopp himself said that he doesn't have many close-range moves, and I'm pretty sure Page One knows that and is gonna take advantage of it if he gets the chance. Uh, no doubt, but uh, Usopp's never been one to be able to, like, hit on the same level as his opponents. He's gotta use his, his trickery and his big brain and big nose to uh, do something. I, I guess he could have something new that we just haven't seen, or maybe there's some environmental factor. I'm sure I'll figure something out. He's pretty good at stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but unless you've got anything else to say, I think we can move on. Next chapter is not on break next week. That feels good. So we'll be back to discuss chapter 1013 after it hits on May 16th. I believe that takes us into the news. All right. Now, uh, normally, Jordan isn't super in tune with the news cycle. So for every episode prior to this, I have prepared and presented the news. So generally, Jordan hears it for the first time on the episode. In this case, to not uh, further agitate my conditions in this kind of a lengthy news, Jordan will be presenting the news, and I will be reacting as though it is news to me. <laughs> Oh, I was, Take it away. <laughs> I was not aware of that second bit, but okay, that's, that's fun. All right, so we've got a lot to cover this week since a set of Viva cards were released and the results of the global popularity poll were announced. We're going to start with the juiciest bits of the Viva cards. So we get some stuff like character heights, blood types, birthdays, stuff like that. Uh, if you want the full list of new info, a link will be included to Archer's website in which he lays it all out in detail. 
but there are a few interesting nuggets that should be discussed. First up, Toko's card specifically lists her as a smile eater under the double fruit column. That alone isn't a surprise, but what's interesting is that Yasui's does not list him as a smile eater. The implication here being that he isn't, and was just pretending to laugh all those years to help the people of Ibisu Town. <gasps> Good. Wow. I'll just sprinkle those throughout. What shocking news. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that's pretty tight, though. I mean, we're just assuming that that's the implication, but big if true. Yeah, that is a nice little detail. I'm sure we'll... Well, I guess I'm not sure, but it feels like we would get a confirmation of that eventually. Maybe. I mean, the man's dead, and we haven't seen Toko since he died, I think. I don't think we've heard anything about Toko uh, since the execution. So it kind of feels to me like their role is past, but maybe. I guess that's true. Big wonder. Uh, Let's see. We also have... Uh, Toko being revealed to not be Yasui's biological daughter. He took her in after her parents died. Uh, Tama's double fruit is revealed to be called the Kibi Kibi no Mi, as in Kibi Dango. So that makes sense. That's fitting. Indeed. Uh, Zoro is not listed as a Conqueror's Hockey user, but these cards were printed before that chapter, so that's not deconfirmation of anything. It's just kind of a little little tidbit. Indeed. Don't read these cards and be like, oh, because it doesn't say he's a user of Conqueror's Hockey. It, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not. They just don't want to spoil stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Quite. There also was a false translation going around that stated that Reitsu Sanji could beat every member of the Flying Six at the same time. According to Arthur, nothing like that is said, so don't get confused. Indeed. That is nothing. Correct. I don't know where that rumor started from, but according to Arthur, nothing even close to that is even discussed at all. So, Some Sanji lover out there just really was pushing it. That's weird, but fine. I guess so. I'm inclined to believe that Sanji probably could be any member of the flying sits in his raid suit aside from i guess by technicality uh black maria but uh at mm. the same time seems a bit much for any of the straw hats six people at once is just that's a lot like if they can actually put up a fight of their own yeah you'd get it yeah, these are like quick. the former captains of their own crews ulti and page right. one were well, page one to a lesser extent, but Alti was kind of giving Luffy a run for his money back towards the beginning of this arc, you know, without gears and all that, but even so. So, sure. they're buff boys. Worth noting. Next, the results of the global popularity poll have been released. <gasps> We're not going to go into every single result because we and you don't have all the time in the world. <laughs> right. Uh, but there are a few key takeaways. First, the overall top 10 were as follows. Sabo, Ace, Carrot, Hancock, Robin, Law, Sanji, Nami, Zoro, and Luffy. And that is from 10 to 1, if that was not clear. <laughs> Nami breaking into the top 3. Sanji's been dethroned. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, with this chapter, she has kind of solidified herself there a little bit. She's stepping up, which is cool. I wonder how much of that is like maybe Oda seeing how popular she was in the poll and like putting a little bit more focus on her in this chapter to like, I don't want to say to like to appeal to Nami fans, but it'd be like, Congratulations, Nami. Here's a little bit of spotlight for you. You know? I could see that for sure, but also all of the stuff with Zeus that's been happening lately has at least had us thinking about Nami, so That's true. It like it still follows, you know. It also makes me wonder a sentiment I've been seeing recently is that it it kinda seems like a lot of people misunderstood the point of like the Sanji crying for help against Black Maria thing. A lot of people viewed that as like Sanji like 
being a little punk and having the call for help from a woman, you know. Uh, that's not the way I viewed it. I saw that as a moment of character progression for Sanji. But I wonder if uh, that being a sentiment going around the internet uh, affected his standings and bumped them down from the bronze medal. It certainly could. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that you're going to be able to pin it down to any one thing, but that would certainly factor in because I'm sure some people, yeah, just don't get it. Indeed. Stupid, tiny-brained One Piece fans. That's right. Yeah. I'm talking about you. Yeah, Thomas is not afraid to throw down, even in his sickened state. Please don't come at me. I'm very ill. Well, I won't. No promises for anyone else. (laughs) All right, what else we got? Yamato, a character who has existed for less than a year, made it to spot 11. Indeed, just short of the top 10. It's very impressive. I think Yamato's a pretty cool character, so I'm into it. I'm more of a pro-Yamato for Straw Hat type of guy, so it's kind of a bummer to me that uh, their main competition, Carrot, broke the top 10, where uh, Yamato Mm -hmm. did not. But Mm -hmm. we've been with Carrot for longer, so I kind of understand where these Carrot fans are coming from. Yeah. Carrot higher than Ace, though? Wow. (laughs) And Sabo, still sticking around. I'm kind of surprised to see Hancock that high, honestly. Hancock has not been very central to the story for a while. Yeah, but Hancock's also a hot woman, so... (laughs) Yes, that (laughs) is No doubt that bumps Hancock up quite a few pegs in some people's books. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Let's see. Frankie seems to be the least popular straw hat, ranking at 28th place. Big oof for your boy Frankie. Yeah, well, maybe his time skip body change should have been a little less drastic. I would have liked him more if it was still old Frankie. Agreed. I mean, I certainly don't like his design as much these days, but he's still probably in my top five straw hats. I like his attitude. He's fun. I don't know. I think I prefer the other comedy to his most of the time. Um, But he does have some really standout moments for sure. But Jordan, his hair is so blue. And it's it's very fun to play with. And you give him different liquids. It's a good time. And you hold out his nose and a new hairstyle pops out. Yeah. That's great. It is, it's lovely. It's good. Not good enough to get him above 28th place, though. 28th? Oof. It hurts me. But I'm just going to have to live with it, I guess. Good. Uh... Nami, Robin, Yamato, and Carrot were the top four in Oceania. Nami was also number one in Latin America and Europe. So, like, yeah, she's really doing all right. Lots of Nami love. Nami, Robin, Yamato, and Carrot being the top four in one of the regions is amazing. <laughs> Luffy's been number one, like, everywhere for every popularity poll ever. I mean, they've always been in Japan, of course, but him not even breaking the top five in one of the regions is bananas. Yeah, maybe there was some internet conspiracy where a whole bunch of people banded together to view the results. Could be. Uh, and our final note on that, the most important note, probably, Whoop Slap made it to 37th in the overall results. A mere <laughs> nine below Frankie. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe those people made that happen. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> oh, man. Whoop slap. Greatest character. At least the 37th greatest character. <laughs> I'm happy for the memers of the world. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> the, the will together. of W. <laughs> That's right. Anything else going on in the news today, or shall we go ahead and jump into the reread segment? I think that's all the news, which is nice, because I am ready to get into chapters 167 to 179. Indeed, that takes us through the conclusion of the first Luffy versus Crocodile fight. Goodness me, things are heating up. Yeah, that's kind of what this chunk is all about it's 
Well, it's a lot of building, and then we do get some payoff at the end. Turning up the heat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you got that right, Thomas. <laughs> Quite so. Um, what's your first uh, thought on this chunk of chapters? This juicy, juicy chunk. Well, it's just a really nice setup. I'm pretty sure this is straight up said in the writing, but uh, every one of the parties involved here thinks that they are doing the right thing. Like, they are protecting the people of Alabasta in their heads. And that's the best kind of conflict there is. You know, you want everyone to feel justified. You, you want to feel like the villains are at least logical in what they're doing, and you could see where they're coming from even if you don't actually support them, you know? Uh, yeah, and it's especially bad in this particular, like, three-pronged conflict mm -hmm. because two of the parties involved are being led by the nose into a conflict with each other that's going to revolt in, like, a whole bunch of like, pretty much innocent people just being murdered mm -hmm. at the behest of party number three. Yeah, I mean, it's basically just me giving kudos to Crocodile for planning this out. Like, I know I said either last time or the time before that, who cares, that he overlooked some things. And he did. And he kind of continues to. Less so now. But, uh... He... I think the things he gets tripped by in this chunk is a little bit understandable right. than him just, like, missing stuff. Exactly. A few chapters ago. Exactly. Um... So yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's a good setup, and I wanted to point that out. But like on the point of motivations, I thought the little scene where the child comes up to Koza and wants to join, like like it just, I don't know, it hit hard, because that's, that of course is going to spur Koza on. That's, that's him in the past, and now it's been so long that, an entire another generation could get caught up in this stupid fighting and he just can't let that happen. And he, I mean, he's been planning on doing this regardless, but uh, if there was ever going to be a straw that broke the camel's back type deal, this is a good one, you know? Quite so. He spooked that kid or tried to spook a real hardcore and to bat him down from trying to fight and uh, didn't work out. The kid still wants to fight and that kid goes on to be a witness to a very important act <laughs> that very nearly threw a big old wrench in Crocodile's plan. But fortunately, known bad people and murderers, Mr. One and Miss Doublefinger, put the kibosh on that real quick. They sure did, yeah. I don't remember if the kid wakes up eventually. I guess it doesn't really matter at a certain point. The motions are already started, but... uh Indeed. Certainly not going to wake up in time to stop the conflict, but might get close. Feels bad for the kid, for sure. Uh, speaking of feeling bad, the crew, after you know working towards being at Rainbase, finally make it there. Mm -hmm. And chaos immediately follows. Oh, yes. However, they kind of thrive in chaos, and it was their plan anyway to just sort of run in and try to take down the man crocodile so they charge in and are immediately caught so that's cool that's good now when they got there robin told like the goons to escort them to the vip room and they only ended up in that cage because they ran towards pirates instead of vip so what do you think would have happened if they had actually gone to the vip side I think it's very possible that just both sides were trapped. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> no matter which side they went to, it would have been a, a bad time for them. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't really speculate about anything else. I think both being trapped just makes the most <laughs> sense. Quite so. Um, right, Vivi, Chopper, and Sanji all kind of separated. They did a scatter move to buy time. And hopefully not everyone get caught. But uh, Vivi specifically gets confronted by some of the millions and Robin. Um, and then, like, Pell shows up, which is great. But uh, Robin says that she's never seen a man who could fly, which I assume is to be taken pretty literally, since 
I'm not sure about at this exact moment, but both she and Miss Valentine can effectively fly. Um, I don't think Rama can use her wing move at the moment, but Miss Valentine certainly has her umbrella float thing. But the whole flying business, even what Pell says, like only five flying devil fruits are known to exist, Mm -hmm. is a little bit nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even just considering like the well-known ones of the world, Mm -hmm. right? Pretty much any Logia can fly. Crocodile can basically fly. Smoker can fly. Anyone with a Logia-type fruit can fly, pretty much. But excluding Logias, the five I could think of were Shiki, the world-famous Golden Lion. Pell himself, right? Mm -hmm. Marco the Phoenix, number one guy of Whitebeard's crew. Kaido. Yeah, uh, uh, Emperor himself, and King, the number one guy sure. of yep. Kaido for a long time. You could even count Big Mom, since she can make the homies that can make her fly, yeah. and she's been doing that for many years. That's true, that's but true. That's more like a weird application of her power, instead of like right. it inherently having that ability. Yeah, Fujitora can make stuff float with his gravity stuff. True, he's not famous yet, but there's also those like even just fruits that explicitly grant flight just by their natural being. There's those two uh, Tantata in the uh, Dressrosa arc that have the ability to transform into bugs, and there's like a bee and like a beetle or something, but they can both fly. I'm sure there are plenty of others examples that I could think of, but uh, five flying devil fruits is a uh, a load of crock there. <laughs> yeah, I guess Alabasta does not have that wide ranging of an intel net, so I'll let him off easy. Indeed. Don't let this happen again, Pell. You know I come to you specifically for as much information as I can find. Don't mess this up for me. Yeah, that's Pell. That's his job. Uh, so, Thomas, I think I need your help figuring something out. Um, Ugh. Yeah, I know, right? So, towards the end of 171, uh, right after fake Cobra goes into town and shoots Koza, Koza says that the people rebelled due to their want of Cobra to declare his innocence. How does that work? I think the implication is Koza specifically wanted there to be some greater conspiracy beyond just Cobra being a bad man and stealing the rain and not wanting it to not wanting to share with the common folk. His hope was that indeed the king was innocent and that there was a crocodile esque figure in the shadows pulling the strings. Um, that's not what he like states here, but that is the closest guess that I can make to uh, make it make yeah, sense. Yeah, I feel like I kind of got the vibe. It just was not laid out as well as it could have been, which is fine. I mean, it's whatever. We get there. We we understand. Just wanted to... Look at you, always needing Oda to spell things I out just, for you. I like to make sure of things, you know? And then later trying to make me spell things out for now you. Now that, that is truly heinous. <laughs> I see right through your game. Oh, always. So, oh yeah, Sanji's restaurant, La Crap, is open for business once more. Uh, Indeed. Cool guy, Mr. Prince, yeah. here to kick butt and take names. Yes, yeah. and with Chopper uh, on the payroll with him at restaurant La Crap, <laughs> he is more effective than ever. Indeed. This is a very dope scene for Sanji. Well, yes, it is. it is very good for Sanji, and I... I'm kind of going to let that be what you talk about if you so choose. I really liked the bit with Chopper where he has to be the decoy. And at first he's all timid, like, uh, I, I am Mr. Prince. And then he sees that he's actually helping and he gets so pumped. I just, I love that scene. Even though he's in his like bigger form, it is just so cute. Agreed. I think this is like Chopper's first major contribution. I mean, you can call it major if you want to, but his first like proper contribution to crew activities yeah. since joining. Yeah. So 
that's pretty dope. And he does it taking advantage of like his unique power to be a decoy as a big guy and then sneak away by transforming into his normal uh, tiny man size to escape Crocodile. It's all pretty yeah, dope. Yeah, which is also a like mirror of what Bonchan just did. Like it is, it's using Crocodile's own move against him to a certain degree, you know? Yeah, pretty much. I think it's also pretty cool for Sanji that he managed to, like, with very little information about what was going on on the inside, he has probably knows that his guys have been, you know, they're inside the building in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, manages to outwit known smart guy Crocodile by speaking to him on the snail. He got a goon to pretend to shoot him to lure Crocodile out. Got Chopper calling himself Mr. Prince to run around beating up guys to lure Croc even further away. Meanwhile, Sanji's gotten to the building, breaks the bridge so more goons can't get in, and Chopper transforms and sneaks off to make his great escape. And also, Sanji took the time to look real cool sitting at the slot machine <laughs> before anyone had a chance to notice him, and that's really the cherry on top. Indeed. I wonder how much he won on that machine. Oh, it was a complete wash. <laughs> but he won Vivi's affection at least a little yeah. bit. That's the real Looking prize. Looking cool matters. We've said it forever. And then that panel where he kicks that crocodile right in the tummy, sends it flying into mm-hmm. the air. Iconic. It's quite good. At least to me. I mean, then Luffy and Zoro pop out of their cage and they respond by taking out like four of them each but they have a lot of pent-up anger right now (laughs) quite so uh here's a fun fact you might not have known jordan remember that scene like before all the business about like how they escaped was revealed uh where crocodile comes in and everyone's gone and it's flooded and mr three is floating there with a note on his chest Mm -hmm. have you ever wondered how Mr. Three, a devil fruit user, was floating. That's a good, good, good point. What? Turns out, I mean, I didn't notice this first read-through either, but in a later SBS, uh, Oda is confronted about this, and he states that uh, 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 Mr. Three landed on a piece of super floaty wood (laughs) <laughs> and that's how he's he's able to float there despite having uh, eaten the devil fruit. But the cool thing is, is later when they're leaving Fishman Island, Oda brings it back by making that substance, the super floaty wood, the like super buoyant thing that they use to pull their ship. Oh, really? Back up to the surface. Indeed. Huh. All right. Well done, Oda. That's the good shit, man. He made a mistake, but then he makes it plot relevant. Like a long, good old a long time later. Yeah, that's like five hundred chapters. He just, from he, now. It happened. Someone pointed it out. He like wrote on a sticky note, "Super floaty wood," and then after five years or whatever, he finally got to take it down, crumple it up, and throw it away. Oh right. my god! He was like stressing like two in the morning, like. I gotta come up with something to help them like get back up to the surface. I made mean, a whole like scientific thing about how they get back down to the bottom, and then like his like desk lamp falls over or something. It happens to shine on the <laughs> sticky note he's got like across the room, and he's like, "That's it. It's perfect." <laughs> Good old Oda, bring it back. Yeah, that's Good nice. Boy. Thanks for pointing that one out. Uh, so. Before they got out, why couldn't Smoker just kind of dissipate through the bars? You know, I've always wondered this. (laughs) This has bothered me for 20 years, George. Yeah, it's not like he was keeping an eye on the straw hats. It's not like the sea stone give off an aura of the sea or anything. I, I really don't know. I mean... Maybe he was just worried that his body wouldn't he wouldn't be able to control his power well enough to like get through it without touching the bars at all. But there's also like they fell in through a yeah. tube. So why can't he just fly yeah. back up? Or like why can't Luffy shoot up? I don't know. It's a mystery. I'm gonna let those things slide, but it is like hmm. 
I will not let it slide. It bothers me. Yeah, I probably would have, I don't know. You could have encased that cage in, like, glass or something, and then you'd actually be pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Make it airtight and subcapacity and call it a day. Anyway, uh, just Crocodile dropping the ball again, man. Mm, What a shame. I mean, it worked out well for him, but... Yeah. Well, it didn't really, but... His cage idea was pretty good. It just, you know, just so happened that uh, Mr. Prince was on the case. That's true. And he had it all, well, thanks to Usopp, he had it all figured out. Um, so then right after that, Luffy effectively saves Smoker's life, right? Um, and then Smoker immediately returns the favor. So... Do you think that he's just the kind of person that can't stand having debts, even if it is to a pirate? Or do you think that he maybe fell for Luffy's charm a little bit, like so many others have? you think it's a combo of the two or something else? What's going on there? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, he certainly hasn't fully fallen for Luffy's charms, because we see way later at Marineford that he's still not going to pull his punches with him. Mm-hmm. But I think in this particular instance, uh, Smoker recognizes that Luffy appears to be trying to do some good for Alabasta. Mm-hmm. So having him on his side-ish is beneficial for the time being. And that, you know, once this situation has been resolved, we could go back to being, you know, mortal foes or whatever Smoker considers them to be, I guess. I mean, yeah. There aren't that many Marines that are more closely tied with the Straw Hats, though. Like, Garp, for sure, and Kobe now, and I guess Drake, too, by extension. But, like, not not many others... Well, okay, I mean, a bunch of people have been keeping an eye on them, sure. But, as far as interactions go, like, Smoker's up there for most... <laughs> Yeah, I think he might indeed take the prize for most straw hat run-ins just by how many times they've blown food in his face and alabasta alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gonna need a napkin. I feel bad for him, but also I don't because this is some good screen time and I'll take whatever I can get. Quite. And then, actually, I only have one more note on on this chunk. And that is that uh, I think it's pretty great to see that Usopp has finally accepted his position in the crew. He realizes now that he is not captain material, but instead will fall into the position of second in command. Sometimes you gotta settle, man. Yeah, I, I never expected it from great warrior Usopp, but, you know, sometimes you just realize you've been beat. And it's, it's an honorable thing to do. I think that just really hypes up Luffy to be the one in command of someone as powerful and as feared as Usopp is. That means if Usopp's willing to bow to this guy, he must be like twice as scary. That's true, yeah. Still jobs real hardcore to Crocodile, but, uh, you know, who wouldn't? He's a scary Sandman. Uh, yeah, no doubt. The only other thing I had... Uh, was I feel obligated to touch on this Luffy versus Crocodile fight at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it is pretty dope that it's not just an instance of the protagonist just winning, you know. And not only does he not win, he just gets destroyed real hardcore. Luffy stood no chance in this fight from the beginning. And he shouldn't, because we already saw not that long ago how much more powerful... Mihawk was compared to Zoro it made sense that someone on the same like rank you know I'm, I'm pretty sure Mihawk's stronger than Crocodile but someone who is like considered to be on his level by the populace mm-hmm. uh, for that guy to be able to pretty easily bop Luffy as well That's so true. you and I both know that eventually Luffy uses cheating and trickery and chicanery in the form of water and then blood to a uh, steal the win that was rightfully crocodiles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to consider it that way uh but for the moment crocodile is very scary not even luffy could beat him and it 
made things look real bleak for uh, the rest of the the rest of the arc until he returns. Yeah, but at the same time, we get some really really good Luffy bits where he doesn't even let Crocodile finish the sentences where he's like trying to oh, yeah. goad him or whatever. He's like, I don't I don't need you to goad me. I am fully goaded a hundred percent of the time anyway. <laughs> So Indeed. I don't care that I'm not doing anything. I'm going to keep doing what I'm good at. Maybe it'll work. And he keeps trying stuff. Really appreciated his uh, gum gum munch munch move that he learned from Wapple. Yep. Yep. Taking some good takeaways from that arc. Feels good. Uh, and then I believe that one of the last things we see in this arc is... Robin lifting Luffy out of the sand? Is that is that correct, or did I make that up? A uh, good question. I don't specifically remember that. I remember him falling into the sand. Um, but I guess he did have to get out eventually. Indeed. Uh, in either case, that does happen eventually, and it hints towards uh, Robin having ulterior motives. So that's a nice little hint towards future stuff. See, that's how you hint at stuff, instead of just having the third opening of the anime, which I believe has already started by this part of the series, just basically blatantly saying that Robin's on the crew now. Yeah, I hate that so, uh, You know that. Uh, I just boy. checked the end of 179, and I don't see robin being involved luffy's head just kind of pops out and he screams meat so that's all that i have if you have anything else laid on me i think that pretty much wraps us up no break next week so we'll be back to discuss episode 1013 next week talk to you all then bye-bye